0: Hey everyone, I'm your host Stanley Genetic and welcome to the Landscape Disruptors podcast. Landscape Disruptors is a platform that showcases top performers in the landscape and snow industry and discusses all things related to business and beyond. This is a platform for sharing advice that relates to helping landscapers build successful and well-planned out businesses of their own. Viewers can expect a variety of guest experts to talk about all functions related to business, including sales, marketing, making better equipment decisions, and a variety of other topics that will help you be a more efficient and more profitable landscape company. You can learn more about our free content at landscapedisruptors.com. Before I intro our guest today, I want to give a big shout out to LMN Software. They're the ones that are making this happen. I've personally been using their software in my own company for the last year and it's a complete game changer for my business. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. From budgeting, estimating, customer relationship management, time tracking, and so much more. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit GoLMN.com backslash disruptors to learn more and start taking advantage of the software that's helped me grow my business into a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's GoLMN.com backslash disruptors. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, you guys. We are back and we are doing another podcast. We're doing a live one and we have a new guest, Dave Barlow. And he's from Innovative Base Technologies. And before we get into it with Dave, um, one of the things that I actually want to talk to you guys about real quick is how I actually proceed with these interviews. One of the things that I actually try to do is I, I try to get to know the guest with you guys. So I don't try to get you know all too familiar ahead of time. I like to discover what they're doing ahead of time. Um, so you're going to hear me just... Do that process with Dave and I've already coached him told him hey I may not know everything about your industry but that's by choice not by chance because I want to learn it as we go and Dave is going to be our teacher today Dave how are you doing my friend
1: we're doing well thank you so much for having us
0: so um Dave let's talk about innovative based technologies and what you do today and then I want to do I want to go bass backwards with the story and find out how you got to the point where you are right now. Does that like
1: sound like a cool concept with you? Absolutely. Okay, so, so what is what is
0: innovative base technologies?
1: Basically what we do is that we are a manufacturing facility um, based out of um, St. Petersburg, Florida. We manufacture all of our products here in the United States. And what we do is I call it a base replacement system. Um, we are designing and engineering and providing to the industry ways to install everything from synthetic turf started out in the world of golf into full athletic fields, anything synthetic turf from landscaping to pet um moving into the world of athletic courts and trade show flooring all with the idea that how do you do it more simply how do you do it more economically i actually call it replace mass with science how do we scientifically Take away all the mass, meaning stone, rock, concrete. How do we replace that with an easier, more functional way of installing, again, from synthetic grass to to interlocking pavers, everything in between? That's what I've spent the last 20 years doing. Okay.
0: Before we get too deep in what you've come up with, what was the old way so these guys know and can picture what you replaced? What what are you actually replacing with your product?
1: Well, let's go back several let's go back thousands of years. Let's look at the way the Romans installed pavers. Same scenario. Excavate, rock, stone, compact, and then stones. That's the way that we still do pavers in the industry for the mainly But the synthetic turf, let's go back to, I think it was 1962 or 63 to the Astrodome when the first synthetic turf field went in. And stories go that they really didn't know how to go about building this base for this synthetic turf product. So they looked at how to basically construct a road. And that's where it started. Excavate, take all this material out, bring all this stone in, compact the heck out of it and then put a synthetic turf on top of it. The same thing that Romans did. Excavate, new material in, compaction. We just looked at it like it was a t- terrible waste of energy and time. What did you do? Well, we went down, we looked at it and said, there's got to be a way to use a scientific approach. And I came, my thing was, if we make an interlocking modular panel system, that has the structural stability to do what compacted stone and earth can do or in the case of our newest product do what concrete does or asphalt for athletic courts we could then eliminate a lot of that work but what does that mean number one we can speed up installation of construction we can make we believe a far better product let's go back to where we started with putting greens people say to me all the time i can't believe how great the synthetic turf rolls on your panel green. And like, well, of course, because you're building now on an engineered surface, not a pile of compacted rock. So we create this modular interlocking panel system. Many, many, many patents. of supporting it probably, I think 20 some patents now that basically these modular interlocking panels, when they go together, they're able to create this base system. But then along with it, There's all these other aspects that you need in a proper base. There's drainage. There's safety. There's planarity. There's ease of installation. All so I I try to roll all those things into this nice, neat little package.
0: How I don't even know where to begin. I mean, is this? Do you have an example of it? Do you have something that you could show us by any chance? You.
1: I, I do. Let's um. Let's talk about before. Let's talk about golf. Golf's an easy one. So the world of synthetic turf putting greens. Let me tell you real quickly how I got started with this, if I can, without telling my life story. But I'll make it simple. I came from this industry in a much different approach than most people. I have a master's degree in fine arts. I'm a sculptor, and I had a. I owned a display and exhibit company for 20 years prior to opening up, or 15 years prior to opening up um, Innovative Base. And we were providing and building all kinds of large sculptural elements. And one day I get a call from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And at the time, if um, people don't know the story, we, we have, were in the, the mindset from Field of Dreams that if you build it, they will come. Well, we built the stadium in St. Petersburg, Florida, and nobody came. We couldn't get a team. We couldn't get an expected team. We couldn't get anybody to buy it. We couldn't buy a team. Nobody came for like four or five years. So this, this, this stadium sat empty. At the time, the Tampa Bay Lightning um, had just come to town. Um, um, Esposito um, brought Tampa to the, um, into the league, and they were playing at the state fairgrounds. And they knew they had to build a facility. Of course, it's going to take a year or so to build a facility. So they struck a deal with the city of St. Petersburg and say, we're going to play hockey in the middle of a baseball stadium. And center ice is going to be the pitcher's mound. And we're going to bring in 28 1,000, I believe it was, temporary seats to make it the largest crowd ever to see NHL games. But what are we going to do with all this other space? So I get a call one day because I have my exhibit company and we're doing all kinds of work for malls and and, uh, shopping centers, malls and uh, museums. And I get a call and they say, can you build us an amusement park outside in the outfield? Remember, it's a Dome Stadium, so it's all uncovered in the outfield. And I'm like, I came back and said, well, you know, it's a cool idea, but I've got some other ideas. So we came back with them about a couple weeks later with drawings, and I presented to them what I called Fanland. And Fanland was the first interactive fan participation area in a stadium. And what that meant, it was a way for us to give the fans a place to go two hours prior to the game and an hour after the game increased – Revenue as far as concessions, alleviated parking issues, but also gave the NHL fans something they'd never seen before. So I developed these this fan land. It was all, because of my background, cool, all full of cool sculptural elements. But more importantly, how to actually a regulation field goal, a slap shot for a hockey puck for speed and accuracy, um, batting cages, lacrosse areas. We tried to incorporate as many sports as we could into this area to give fans the realistic um, feel of what it's like to play. And it was a big risk by the Lightning to go ahead and do this. And it proved to work incredibly well. The Wall Street Journal, the day after we opened up, um, wrote an article about the next generation of of sports entertainment was here, and it's called Fanland. And I went on to do that for the Buffalo Bills, the 49ers, the Saints, the Marlins. And then I hooked up with a a company out of Dallas called Streetball Partners, and we were building um, hoop it up, air it out for the NBA um, um, breakout for the NHL, Major League Baseball Fan Fest, and there was something that was common between all those. We had to find a way to bring turf in realistically and faster. How do you build a putting green in the middle of an outfield of a ball of a ball field, but you've got to basically be able to pull it out in maybe next week because there may be a car show going in. And all of this led to the development of this modular panel system.
0: This is amazing. I love stories like this. So tell me more about this modular panel system that you designed and how did you compensate for all of these different components when you've got to have the speed of installation, you've also got to have an engineered surface that can do exactly what they've proven to do over thousands of years of building roads and you created an actual product that can duplicate that fast and easy and this is I'd like to see more.
1: Well, I think anything else like and we're still doing it today because we're still developing new products. You listen. You listen to I mean, I tell any young entrepreneur there's no such there's you listen to what people want. You know, the best ideas come from, you know, out of necessity that's where I mine was and so in this case this is the first product and this is a quarter panel sample so for screen but this is Torlinks. links and essentially this is the first panel that's the backside. so these panels were designed to interlock together to create that base for putting greens now it started out as and i don't want to bore you with the story we got involved with a major sporting good company that was put a lot of money in backing me on this because they believed what we were doing but the idea was that allow a consumer to basically build a putting green in his, ba- in his basement, in his, on his deck, um, in his living room, a, mod, uh, you know, a portable DIY delivered to your house putting green system. Well, this worked incredibly well. So well that if you, walk, if you walk the PGA merchandising show, which is the largest golf show in the world every year in Orlando, Florida, 95% of every putting green in that arena <clears> – <throat> since probably 2008, has been on tour links, And so what, and I'm talking about Callaway, Ping, McGregor, Windgrip, the Zuno, the PGA Tour. But this panel, when interlocked together, coupled with a, a foam contouring system that I developed underneath, replicates the surface of a perfect putting green. Now think about this. Before putting, and guys still do this, I don't know why, but think about it. Guys will take rock, and they will compact rock down, and then they'll bring in layers of fines. Fines are like almost like a crushed stone, fine stone. Layer compact that. They'll grade all this. They'll create their pretty contours in the backyard. And then they bring in a quarter-inch pile height putting turf. That's how you get the speed. It's a short turf. That goes on top of this pile of rock. And there's your putting green. And it's great until – Johnny goes out there and gets mad that he missed the putt and slammed his putter on the ground and you've got a dent. Somebody walks across the putty green with high heels and it's dented. A gopher gets underneath of it and erodes it. Water gets underneath. We basically created an engineered surface. An engineered surface that when interlocked, and people say, well, wait a minute now. This is a small, this is a quarter panel, but your panels are, are are big and rigid. How do they bend? Think of my panel like a mirror ball. That a mirror ball is spherical. But these tiles on that mural ball are actually just little square rectangles. And when these are put together, the way I've engineered it, they interlock together and facet over. So our panels will follow every single contour that the USGA allows. So this product here over was the beginning of it all. I mean, there's some great stories with this. I mean, we started with this and guys were getting bigger and bigger, going from like a little four by 10 putting green to suddenly going into a backyard, getting braver and braver with it. We are also, and probably, you know, we we ran with this for quite a lot of years, still sell this product every day, but we knew we could do more. We could go and get bigger. We could get more sophisticated for other types of projects beyond just golf. And that led... To the development of ultra base. And again, this is a quarter panel. Now, what you'll see in this different is you may have noticed between say this and this, this is a little bit thinner, this is an inch and a quarter, this was two inches, and this was two inches, the tour length was two inches intentionally, because I'm a big believer in the psychological aspects of golf. That you've got to visualize. There's a big visualization in golf is is real. Visualization in anything is real. And so by visualizing and seeing a ball disappear into a cup because the panels are two inches tall and the golf balls at least one and five eighths, when it disappears, you begin to get that mental picture of seeing that and that's perfect practice. So that's oh, what you begin to create I a psychological game, a, a psychological aspect of this game. But so you wanted something that was going to be more than just golf. So you didn't
0: need you and that's didn't what need moved it?
1: To all so,
0: David, you didn't need a two-inch thick panel for going below synthetic turf or for doing pavers, right? You could go with a, a thinner panel because you're you're eliminating the psychological aspect and you're only focusing on the structural aspect of it, right? Is that is that the is that what you're
1: actually referring to? Absolutely. That's why Torlinks has become our go-to product for all indoor installations. Because if I'm going to build in New York, if I'm going to do a college, university's golf teams, or I'm, a, or I'm going to do a teaching academy, or I'm going to do a, a, a penthouse a rooftop, I can't go into the ground. I can't dig a cup in the ground. I have to rely on the thickness of the panel to still maintain that feeling of realism. There's a, I don't want to, there's a lot to that. There's a great book out there called The Inner Game of Golf. And it was all about the psychological aspects of it. You, it. It's amazing. If you've never done something like this, you should try it one day. Stand on a phone book and look at your office and you will see it differently because your perspective now changes. So when you stand on my panels, you, I've elevated you off of your living room floor, for example, your basement floor. You're now on my environment. I've got you. You're on my space. And I can begin to manipulate that space in your mind that this is a putting green that is realistic. And the whole thing we're trying to do here is create realistic practice as it pertains to the world of golf. And that's what we've done for twenty years in golf world.
0: Uh, let, let's talk about the innovative uh, panels for the pavers, okay? Because this is probably something a few more people are more familiar with. Is the is you know the paver base? Is this a permanent? Uh, base system that can go below a driveway, a roadway, a patio, a deck? Or is this a temporary base system uh, more suited for display purposes inside of, you know, building shows show for a a show that may be coming up or something like that? Or does it work for both?
1: It's all of the above. Um, What we did with pavers is the exact exact same thing. Again, let's go back to that. I think the most important thing I tell you is two things. Structural base replacement system and replace mass with science so in the paver world it, i was just i had a neighbor of mine that replaced their pavers probably i watched them replace the pavers down in florida probably four or five times in the time that they live with me because of things that were occurring ground wise either you know um some some tree roots or just shifting and they and so a single paver would pop out of alignment so what we did with ultra base is like so we create two different versions we have an inch and a quarter version that is, again, these are quarter panels. Each panel is 28 inches by 28, and in this panel, you can begin to see that there are differences that are for turf side, but I'll, I'll show you how it's for pavers in a second. We now have ways to hold the turf in place. There's drain holes. We you know, adjusted the locking design, but when I turn these panels upside down, and this, that's, this is Ultra Base Professional, inch and a quarter, and this is Ultra Base Champion, three quarters of an inch, when I turn these panels upside down and interlock them together, I get this incredible load-bearing scenario, actually capable, capable of handling 16,000 pounds per axle live load, because all of this is bearing on the ground. Now we have a stabilization fabric that we put underneath of the panel that acts like a, it's a, I call it a, you guys can probably relate to this. Think of it as a snowshoe for your panel. It allows this panel to stay where it's supposed to be on top of the, on the ground. But the, when we take these panels and I invert these upside down like this, I can then put a layer of fabric on top, another layer of fabric, so my sand doesn't run through. And this becomes the base system, the bearing system for your pavers. And I've got people just building these, basically going there and doing something as simple as cutting the grass, compacting it, fabric, panel, pavers, done. For driveways, walkways. The thing about us compared, to, you know, I know you guys in the paper world, there are companies out there that are creating a base replacement system, which are primarily a foam type of product, but they're not vehicular loaded. We yeah. can take the vehicular traffic. So I take a product like this. We're using this product for fire lanes with pavers. Now, you talked about pavers on a rooftop. Take these and invert these the way they're actually meant to be designed. Now you can build pavers with this one or that one on top of a rooftop. And why can you do that? Because now all the water will run through the panel and then out from under the panel because it has channels. So now I can cover a roof area or anything like that, any area like that that's a hard surface with a panel like this to put pavers on. Now if a guy's just doing a a fire pit area then you can do it right side up like this. We typically tell them to invert it where we're really looking at some more load capacity. But either way, the secret is that when we interlock together, think about it, when you interlock these panels together in this perfect planar surface, so planar that it's completely ADA compliant that they can't come out of alignment from each other, that no one paver could ever pop up out of the other. How can it? It's trapped, it's a part of a mass now. So a single paver can't pop. So it's just a very efficient way of putting pavers down without all of the excavation work. How about how about the cost
0: in comparison to the typical paver scenario of excavating down, I think it's what nine and three quarter or 11 and three quarter inches is the calculation that we typically use. Cause we like to put six inches of base in sand, three and a quarter inches for the paver itself. Um, I'm, how's the cost of this product I mean, overall, I'm not just talking about the product, but I'm talking about when you factor in the excavation, the removal of the products, importing the new products, placing new sand, everything else. Have you ever done like a side by each comparison of these, and shown if it saves, if it's equal, if it's more expensive, what the differences are?
1: It, the, 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 the answer to that question is: is we see that it is more cost effective, but it's even, but you have to compare it region to region. You may be in Arizona where you have maybe cheap stone and cheap labor. I've got guys right now, or California, are telling me they can no longer dump sod. They are not allowed to, L.A. County, they can't take sod out of a yard and dump it. So what do you do? So for us, the idea that we're all, look, we all know what's happening with labor costs. We all know what this pandemic has done to, here in the States, I and mean, labor shortages are, unprecedented you can't get you can't there's nobody working so when you got the idea that i can go in there and do a job with two people compared to say six Putty greens a perfect example before i started in the putty green world and it all cut one of the things i will you know when i jumping back and forth like this i'm not trying to con, the mass confusion drill but once you understand my panels they're all it's like it goes back to my art background it's all theme and variation we are just varying the panel but the theme is consistent a structural base replacement system. So in the world of putting greens, it would take guys typically a week to build a putting green with a crew of maybe three or four. That was standard. And these guys would work half the year They get to a, you know, I'm down in Florida. We're spoiled here, but half the company has a thing called winter. And so these guys suddenly can't work. We enter the, we enter the game and what did we bring them? We brought the golf people. Number one, the first time ever to have an indoor market, I knew that was the case because I go back to that. What I tried to do in the stadiums, there wasn't a there wasn't a solution indoors, but we gave them a way to build putting greens faster than ever. I've got guys to this day are still now building putting greens in one day, and we've accelerated it even further. We have a what we call our designer green kits that several of my dealers have taken under their own um brand names also that I'm delivering to guys putting greens with all the panels pre-cut the turf pre-cut the fringe pre-cut the fabric pre-cut even the staples all the cups and pins you can build you and a couple buddies could start on Saturday morning and be drinking a beer by mid-afternoon and and playing and and rolling for, for for money that's how fast you can do it now with our system and that's what changed the industry so I mean We've got a lot of guys that we have, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of dealers around the world, but we've changed their their business in golf because we've now given them a 12 month business and they don't have to have all this extensive labor and all this equipment. And that's what we're trying to bring to the paper people. I got a guy here in St. Pete, Florida, 72 years old, just built his own driveway with our championship panel by himself, by himself, 72, his own driveway. Cut A the paver- grass, gra- okay, stop have cut the grass, graded it, compacted it, panels, pavers, done. Wow. Um
0: Dave, I just don't know. I, I'm just blown away. How did you actually start how did you actually start to build these panels in the first place? I mean, what what was that process like? Because you were you were in the industry, you saw that need. What was your first step? toward developing this product? Because there's a lot of guys out there right now that have ideas and they just don't know where to go with it. What kind of advice would you give those guys using the experience that you have by actually doing it?
1: Um, I, have, I have a lot more money than you think. I have more time and expect to get gray hair. <laughs> so, but from it's it, for me, here's the thing. Um, I did the first, the PGA Merchandising Show, as I mentioned earlier, is the biggest golf show in the world. And I walked the show in 1999, you know, prior to 9-11. And I walked that show, and it's still a giant, it's still a, the world's biggest golf show, it's massive. But I walked that show that first year, just to walk it. And I went up to a company that was one of the large, the leading um, synthetic turf putting green companies in the market. And I said, if there was a product that you could install without having to excavate the ground and bring in rock and give you more consistency. And it was a, a, something you carry out in on pallets and lock them in place. What do you think? And the response was, that'd be awesome, but that'll never happen. 2002, I launched the 1st cornings product. Had the right concept, but wrong product. But I knew I was on the right path because um, if you ever been to the PGA Merchandise Show, it, takes, it must take up ten football fields, and there is there is equipment, which is where everybody wants to be, accessories, and apparel. And I was out between golf cuckoo clocks and women's purses the first year. I, nobody nobody was venturing out there unless you're interested in buying you know golf golf apparel. But it used to be a four day show, and on the fourth day, this gentleman walked in my booth, and he was impeccably dressed. I say he was an older gentleman; he's probably my age by now, but um be dressed, sat down in my booth, had no idea who he was, and he said, My staff tells me that this is the only product in the show that's worth a darn. And it happened to be Carl Paul, who was the founder of Golfsmith. And he said, Why would I ever put another putting green in my store that I couldn't sell to the customer? And he understood what I was trying to do. And that gave me the motivation to come back and figure out what I was doing wrong, how I had to re-engineer it, write new patents, spend every penny that I had. There's a great Bruce Springsteen song that one of the lines says, "I had a, he has a debt that no honest man can pay. That's how I felt at some point. But you just keep your head down and you, if you believe in it, you go. And I, I I'm, I've, all, I've been working on notes for a book for a long time and it's called Surviving My Success. And because this is a survival mission, you just don't, there's few guys that go in there and also hit it big. You've got to be able to survive this. It's hard, but if you believe in it, you don't ever quit. You can't because you believe in it so much.
0: Isn't that the truth for anything, any endeavor that you undertake? I mean, if you, if your heart's not 150% in it, you're probably not going to succeed. You've got to, you've got to believe in it so much that all of the doubts that other people have about your product don't even register, right? You've got to have tunnel vision where you are ready to, you just, you see 10 years, 20 years down the road, you see the end mission, and all anybody else sees is where you're at right now, and all you see is where you potentially could go. Is that right? Is that
1: kind of what you're saying? Uh, Look, I tell my daughter, and I can see it in you, and we just met, and I can see it and sense it already, and I think that's what people I'm pleased to see about me. But I tell my daughter all the time. She's 25 years old now. She's awesome. I said, my my least favorite word is average. My favorite word is passion. And you've got to have passion. It has to come through when you talk to people. It's not some BS used car salesmanship. This is that you believe in this so much that you're infectious. I've people tell me, you're like a freaking evangelist. It's not, you know. I'm not curing cancer here, I'm not, but I believe in this and I know in my heart that we bring, I'm support. look, I take it very seriously, we're supporting a lot of families out there who use my product, but we're also more importantly bringing a lot of enjoyment to people, whether it's going to be their patio, walkway, their sports field, their putting green, their bocce court, their basketball court, their pickleball court, whatever it may be. I mean, right now we're doing this massive program for the United States Army. The Army Combat Fitness Training Facilities. I mean, how proud can I be that? Did I ever imagine 20 years that we are the go to guys for the Army to help them build the program that's improving the physical training condition of the United States soldier? I mean, because of this panel, but that's what passion does for you, and you can't quit. One last question, David. If you are
0: in an, a stadium full of young entrepreneurs or old ones, I don't care about age, but you're in a stadium full of guys and gals that have a vision, that have a dream, that want to build their own product. What are the practical steps of advice that you would give them besides, you know, have a lot more money, have what are the actual practical things that you could tell these guys what to expect and what direction to go to help them launch their own dream?
1: One of the things I, I think it's, it's unfortunately, and it's, it's it's frustrating, but all along the way, people are going to tell you you can't do it. If I had listened to everybody that told me that it was impossible, I had people tell me you can't mold a panel this big, that flat. Like watch me. So so far, every every step, you can't you can't. I've got it right. Re- i got going on one right now. I'm getting ready to build my first padel court. And it's like you can't you can't build a Pedal Court without concrete. Watch me. And so I would tell these guys, ignore all those people. It's great, you know, we all listen to, we all love sports. We listen to the armchair quarterbacks. You know, as an artist, you go into a show, you you put your guts out there, you build you build a piece of sculpture or you do a painting or you're your own stage, and you've got these people sitting there that want to criticize you. They don't have the guts to go up and do it themselves. So I'd say ignore all of them. If you believe in it, you basically have to keep working it. Listen to people, be open-minded, listen to what people, observe the industry, see what's wrong. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of people that say, and I believe this, there's no such thing as a new idea. But you're looking at old ideas. Way The best the best inventions out there are ones that solve the problem that somebody may have had, and they came up with a better way to do it. Not knocking them off, but a complete departure. But they thinking, you know, but what if? What if? And so to me, it's all about that. You've got to have the ability to go out there and say, I'm going to listen to what people were telling me. I'm going to observe, connect. I always like every person I hire, you've got to be able to connect the dots. And I'll tell you a real quick story for a second. I watched a video and Elon Musk was talking about Tesla and he was talking about his facilities and how he um, overemphasized robotics and he needed to bring more people in. And this was a great little interview, but he's inside of a building, and I now have a flooring system that can go into structural buildings, whether it's going to be a a sports arena or it could be a military application. So I'm looking at the structure, and I'm like, I wonder who built that structure. Now he's talking about Tesla and everything else. I'm like, I wonder who built this structure. So I Googled who built Elon Musk's factory, and I found the company. And I reached out to the president of the company, and said, "I've got something that you wouldn't have had to pour that concrete slab. I could have saved you X number, hundreds of thousands of dollars." And that's called connecting the dots. And so, I, so you've got to be able to look at a problem, and be a problem solver. Connect the dots. It's not always going to be in front of you. You've got to. That's what I love about being an artist. And I've sat with people who are. I've sat with people who are who are deans at business colleges. They were trying to hire more create more art, more liberal arts, more art artists, because we think outside the box, maybe not, maybe abstractly, maybe it's out there. Like I get, I mean, I look, I have some crazy ideas, but we're thinking beyond what's in front of us. And that's what I think we're missing right now in this country, especially is that there's too many people sitting behind computers. You've got to have people who are thinking outside and that's where the new ideas come in. And don't let anybody tell you it's stupid. If you believe in it, do it.
0: Absolutely. So if these guys want to get more information from you, where would they reach at, David?
1: Um, our main site is ultra base systems.com And then you can see us over at tour. links. L-I-N-K-S dot net. So ultrabasesystems.com, systems.com tour You'll see everything that we do is laid out really easily. You'll be amazed by on our homepage, my team here has done a phenomenal job to see all the applications that we can do from golf to pet areas to everything in between. And that's where you'll see all of our information.
0: Perfect. David, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Audience, thanks uh, for joining us today. I hope Dave's story has been able to inspire you guys to pursue your own dreams I think there's a lot of possibilities out there. I think we enter into the green industry, but we don't see that if we can find those niches, those problems, there's entire other ways, areas that we can take our skills, our ideas. And that's why we wanted to bring Dave in today because he's done it. And we actually just wanted to show you what he did and how he got there. So I I hope that's helped you guys out. And that's it. That's all we got for you today. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. God bless you guys and go get them. Hopefully we'll see you again on the next one. All right. Thanks guys for tuning in today and make sure you come back next week. We've got more expert landscape business advice coming down the pipeline. Once again, a huge shout out to LMN Software for sponsoring this podcast and making this all happen. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit golmn.com backslash disruptors. You guys can start taking advantage of the software that I've been using to help me create a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's GoLMN.com backslash disruptors. Thanks again, everyone, and see you next week.